Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. There are really a lot of great advantages to owning property. And in past podcasts, we've talked about property transactions, buying and selling homes or commercial property, and some of the things that uh, factor into those transactions. And at times, we've looked at some of the things that could be a bit problematic as an owner. Uh, Today, we'll take a look at um, one such situation when we discuss options you may have uh, if a mechanics lien is placed on your property. Uh, We have uh, touched on that topic in the past in terms of understanding what those are, so we'll kind of uh, take a look at being on perhaps, uh, we would say, the wrong side of that. Now, for topics like this, uh, I turn to attorney Lance Ebel. Lance is an associate at Lavelle Law. He's been a contributor to our discussions in the past. always look forward to having him back. So, Lance, um, thanks for taking the time to be here today. Welcome back. You're welcome. Good to be back. So let's let's jump in with... um, uh, a basic definition, again, of, of what a mechanics lien is, if, if you'd share that with us first. Sure. A mechanics lien is basically a lien on real property that a contractor or subcontractor, probably the easiest way to stick with it, um, can place on a property when they've done some kind of work to improve the value of the property. Um, it's not quite as narrow as... Um, maybe the guy that comes out and puts a roof on your house. In some cases, it can extend much further than that. Um, you know, if there was a company that moved garbage from your property, that could be considered somebody that could put a mechanics lien on there. Um, it's basically a tool that um, home improvement workers and other people that engage in home improvement contracts have to ensure that they get paid. Okay, and that's the case. They they would they would take this course of action if they either didn't get paid or had a dispute about payment after they've done the work. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. And and what what's the process then that would lead up to a lien being placed on your property? Obviously, you know, we we've, we've said it's a, a non-payment issue generally, but what what do they have to do? What do they have to go through to actually get a lien placed on property that someone owns? Um, Well, without getting overly technical, it depends on whether the person is a contractor or a subcontractor. It also depends on whether the property in question is residential property or commercial property. Um, Generally, if it's a contractor, they have to provide notice of the lien um, within a certain time frame, which is something I'll circle back to. if it's, uh, you know, and there's certain time requirements that have to be met for that. If there's a, if they're a subcontractor, they usually have, they again have the same timing provisions um, with slightly more technicalities for a subcontractor, mm-hmm. let me put it that way. Okay. Um, yeah. And the reason for the difference is, um, just in a very broad stroke, is generally a contractor is somebody that works directly with the homeowner. So the homeowner is aware that that person is doing the work. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're talking about a subcontractor, the homeowner may not ever know that that person is actually doing work on the property um, because they don't have a contract with that person. Got it. Got it. Okay. 
And, and again, I, I appreciate you not wanting to get too far because we do want to talk about uh, w- what you do if this happens to you, and that that'll be our focus for most of the conversation. But you did mention something that that I had here in my notes, which is you know receiving notice. So if, if I'm the property owner and someone is attempting to or about to place a mechanical lien on my property, I would know that in advance or at least be notified in some way? You should, especially if it's a subcontractor. Um, hmm. You know, If it's a subcontractor, they have to give you notice of intent to lien because you, again, don't have really any concept that that person is doing work on your property. Um, so mm-hmm. there is a prerequisite for a subcontractor that they make you aware that they have done work and that there's some portion that they're due from the general contractor that is unpaid. Um, if you own a primary residence, there is also an additional requirement that you be provided notice um, you know, within 10 days after the lien being filed. So to the extent that there's notice, uh, there's not notice that it's coming unless it's from a subcontractor but once the lien is filed, yes, generally there is some provision or some way that the person placing the lien is going to let you know about it, either because they're required to or because they want you to pay. Yeah, sure. Okay. All right, so so let's let's put ourselves in that situation now. Um, as property owner, I, I get this notice. I, I, I find out that the, the situation is, is brewing. You know, What should my first step be to either prevent or respond to it? Well, I mean, I think the easiest way to, you know, as with all things that are litigation-based, the the easiest way to try and deal with it is to go back to whoever is threatening to file the lien or has filed the lien and kind of get some clarity as to what the issue is there. Um, Sometimes that can be worked out. um, Sometimes it cannot. It really just depends on the contractor and and what is going on. Um, So that's... as with most things in litigation, that would be the initial first step I would tell somebody to take is, you know, call the contractor and see. I mean, if he's put a lien on there for 10000 and you think you owe him five, there might be some room to work something out and you don't have to incur all the expense of possibly going down the litigation path. Mm-hmm. And is the litigation path, as you refer to it, is that uh, is that a likely outcome in most of these instances? I mean, do we do we usually see that uh, some court process has to take place to get these resolved? That really depends on the size of the lien, to be honest with you. Um, okay. By way of example, if you have a $100,000 mechanics lien, it's a lot more likely that you are going to seek the judicial remedy of foreclosing that lien than if you have a $2,500 mechanics lien. Um, And the reason for that is pretty easy is despite the fact that you may get your attorney's fees out of the Mechanics Lien Act, um, you still have to pay your attorney to litigate that whole thing. It is a foreclosure process, so it is not something that gets done relatively quickly. Um, Not to mention, uh, depending when you file your lien in in relation to when the work was completed, uh, there may be other creditors that are ahead of you. So realistically, you don't gain much by foreclosing the lien. So it really just depends on the facts and circumstances of the property, the amount owed, um, and the timing of when the lien is filed. Our, our conversation today is about mechanics liens, and uh, we're talking to Attorney Lance Ebel of Lavelle Law. Lance joins me, as I said earlier, from time to time to cover topics like this and, and always provides great information when he does. 
Um, and for those of you listening, he, he also shares a lot of information via articles. You can find those at lavellelaw.com. They are posted there. Uh, the website really has dozens of recent articles by, by a number of attorneys. And um, you'll also find uh, descriptions of the various practice groups and a complete collection of all of our past podcasts going back uh, four or five years now. Uh, and those podcasts can also be downloaded from iTunes or, or Blog Talk Radio at, at any time. Um, now, Lance, when we talk about trying to get a mechanics lien removed from a property, I assume if it's um, something that requires some negotiation or uh, litigation, it could take some time. As a property owner, what, what are the complications that occur when, when my property is bound by a mechanics lien? Um, well, there's a couple. Number one, I mean, the, the one of the big good, I guess, big good things about having a mechanics lien is, is in a certain extent, you tie the person's property up. Um, and mm-hmm. what I mean by that is, if it's a valid lien, which is always something that's litigated, um, if the person goes to refinance the property or sell the property and that lien is out there, it's going to um, put a cloud on title and you won't be able to sell or refinance the property until that lien is paid off. So that's how it kind of ties up the property. Mm-hmm. And. Um, once the issue is resolved, say there's a lien placed on a property and through whatever process there is resolution, once it's removed, are there any after effects or once it's gone, it's it's gone for good and it's really not a factor anymore? It's not a factor anymore. Basically what ends up happening is the lien itself is recorded in the county recorder's office and when it's paid or resolved, Whoever filed the lien then files a release of that lien. So in some sense, it's almost like the lien never existed. Okay. And and when we talk about um, the contractor or subcontractor wanting to place this lien, um, how complicated of a process is that for them? And the reason I ask is if, if I'm the property owner and there's some dispute here, um, you know, is there some burden on, on the person trying to place the lien that they can't just get one of these easily and, and really cause me complications? They really have to have some solid backup and proof uh, that that the that the lien should be placed on the property. Uh, that's kind of a good news, bad news scenario. Uh, the bad news is it's it's pretty easy to file a lien. Um, hmm. The good news is it's. Um, <laughs> If it comes down to litigation, they're, they can be challenged. So now I'm going to start just rambling. And uh, there, there's two ways to kind of get rid of these liens if you can't resolve them. Um, and they both can involve litigation. Um, the first way is a way that I sometimes have advised clients to go, um, and that is under the mechanics lien statute, if you make a demand for somebody to sue and foreclose their lien and they don't do that within 30 days, the lien is no longer valid. Um, that can be useful for the kind of smaller mechanics liens we were talking about where you're kind of calling the other side's bluff of, do you really want to spend $20,000 to get $2,500? Mm-hmm. Um, the other way that these things tend to work themselves out is the person does try and foreclose the lien. And in my experience in these cases, at least 80%, if not more, of the time, uh, there is an attack made on the validity of the lien. Um, And the reason for that is pretty simple. Um, While it's easy to file a lien, 
it is much more difficult to actually foreclose it. Um, just because of the timing requirements and what actually has to be in the lien to make it valid, um, it that often is you know a big battleground right at the get-go. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess I, that probably leads to my next question. We, we've got just a, a minute or two left here. This is a great conversation. But um, so if I'm the property owner and, and a, a lien is placed. Do I have a defense to say, well, yeah, the guy did the work, but he, he didn't do it well, and I don't I don't want to pay because it didn't meet my standards or didn't meet what we agreed on? Is is that a legitimate defense in these cases? Uh, it's not necessarily a defense to the lien itself, but the bottom line is if you get into litigation on one of these things, um, everything's fair game at that point. So then, you know, was there something that was wrong that you had to hire somebody else to fix? Um, you know, is there a counterclaim out there that you can make? Um, you know, very rarely do um, mechanics liens foreclosures that are filed just have that claim in there. There's usually contract claims and, and other issues, so there's always room for you to kind of the homeowner to fight back if the work was shoddy um, or if, you know, it wasn't done up to code or, you know, anything else where, you know, there's a legitimate money expense that you had to remedy bad work. Okay. And before we let you go then, any any last thoughts, you know, someone who's a property owner to either, you know, protect themselves or actions they should take? I assume always get a a good attorney who has experience this, but, but any other thoughts before we let you go? Um, yeah, I think a lot of people panic when they get these things, and 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 the interesting thing about a mechanics lien, um, as opposed to say a mortgage or a judgment lien, is a mechanics lien has a, a relatively short shelf life. Um, you know, as I alluded to, if you ask the person or demand that the person file suit and they don't, it can be gone in 30 days. Um, as a practical matter, if a person that files a lien does not foreclose on the lien within two years of completing the work. The lien's also invalid. Um, So it does have a short shelf life. Most mechanics liens get settled one way or the other. Um, Either you reach an agreement with the contractor, um, either in litigation or not, or, as happens sometimes, the lien itself gets bounced out of a lawsuit because it's invalid in some way. Well, uh, outstanding recap today and a great conversation, as always, when uh, uh, Lance Zebel is with us from Lavelle Law. I want to thank him for taking the time, and, of course, thank you for listening. Again, LavelleLaw.com, great place to find out more about Lance and his areas of practice and to read articles, download podcasts, and, and just get a great deal of information. So thanks, everyone, for being here today. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.